Hello and welcome to the Guys Like Us podcast. This is your host, Tyler Brondike, and today I'm joined with Chris Bruno, who is the co-founder and CEO of Restoration Project. He's a counselor and an author, so stay tuned. Hello and welcome back everyone to the Guys Like Us podcast. This is your host, Tyler Brondick, and thank you for joining today. Before I dig into the podcast today, I um, would like to ask you and uh, request that you visit us online at theguyslikeus.com to subscribe for our newsletter. That way you'll uh, stay in contact with all of the updates we have. And also, we'd like to hear from you. We'd like to hear from what you'd like uh, to hear for content, what guests to bring on, or anything else that can be of value to you and and your walk. Um, we, We would love to hear it. And so the best way to do so, again, is by subscribing to our newsletter at theguyslikeus.com and scroll down to the bottom to enter in your information. Well, today I'm with Chris Bruno, who's the co-founder and CEO of The Restoration Project, He's an author, and he's a counselor of ReStory, an organization that he founded as well. And so in this conversation, we talk um, all things men, all things guys. We don't always have men's particular uh, guests on, but he's certainly one of them. We discuss um, what it means to be a sage. And uh, when you think sage, you think wisdom. So having guides, having mentors um, who can provide direction, spiritual direction in your life, the significance of that. We also discuss um, peer-to-peer relationships, spiritual friendships in our life and the importance of those, as well as times of solitude and the distinction between solitude and loneliness. Um, All this and a whole lot more. And so without further ado, here's my conversation with Chris. Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me. It's great to be with you today. Yeah. And so I, we, we, you know, we have some, uh, some connections of folks who have been on the podcast before. And so you're definitely really immersed and involved in a lot of, you know, contemporary issues and just the focus of men. Um, and this is definitely a men's podcast. And so we don't always get specific into men's based issues or kind of the masculine journey. Um, but it's something I certainly enjoy doing, and I know a lot of the guys listening appreciate as well as um, there is conversation, but maybe not always good conversation around these issues, um, and and just the the walk of a of a man, and as we'll learn into a in, in, into sagedom. I don't know if that's the right word, but <laughs> becoming a sage and such. And so I was writing that down, and I said, you know, sage, and what's the like to become a sage, or I don't know. So. Anyway, so I'm, I'm super excited, but you know, I would love to just hear a little bit more about your background first and yeah. some of the work you do, and then we can kind of get into you know some of your latest latest works through your uh, your latest book as well, uh, which, as I said, Sage: A Man's Guide into His Second Passage, which is awesome, and would love to to get into that a little bit later as well. Great. Well, yeah. So uh, I'll, I'll start with my relationships, kind of defining myself based on the relationships that I have. I've been married for. 27 and a half years, I've got three mostly adult kids as a 22 year old and a 19 year old and a 16 year old who's still here at home. And we, uh, as a family, we lived overseas for a good 10 years. We were uh, living as missionaries over in, in the Middle East, uh, in Christian ministry. And, 
we then also spent some time in Seattle and Chicago and Michigan and finally landed here in Colorado, in northern Colorado, because mm -hmm. I grew up in the mountains of Colorado and just absolutely had to get back to what I call my mountains. So we've lived, been living here now for uh, almost 13 years uh, in Colorado. Started Restoration Project with a friend of mine, uh, which is a ministry to men, uh, which we can get into more mm -hmm. in the conversation. Uh, mm -hmm. Started that 12 years ago. And then mm -hmm. I also direct uh, an organization I call Restory Counseling. Uh, mm -hmm. It's something I also started. Um, and we have a whole bunch of counselors on our team and spiritual directors and story work coaches and all that. So that's, uh, I'll, I'll pause there, uh, but that's kind of basically what I find myself doing most days. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. No, thank you. I appreciate it. Ah. And I was taking a look. Yeah, this is um, certainly a, a very uh, important space to be in. And here in New England, I, I actually don't know many counselors, um, especially people of faith who are counselors. Um, and so it's always really encouraging to hear that because certainly uh, working in a church and for folks who are listening who are in the church world as pastors or servants in some capacity, you know that the um, the 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 mental health increase over the last years and the the demand and need for counselors is is so high and so thank you for the the work you're doing and we certainly need more <laughs> yeah absolutely and especially in the men's space like we need we need to recognize that it is actually a, a sign of strength and hope for a man to say hey i'm going to find a guide to walk me through a season of my life mm -hmm. and that we can get into again that yeah. too in our conversation about sage but um I, I i find the men that i get to work with in the counseling space and other spaces too but in the counseling space to be extremely courageous and bold hmm. men mm -hmm. uh and uh and i love that so yeah no that, that's amazing so let's well, we can start there first i yeah. guess in um sage a man's guide into his second passage and so I think when I think of sage, right, I think of wisdom and as we're looking scripturally, you know, the sages or the, the, it's people who are wise, right? Um, however, it doesn't seem like that's something that's always emphasized or discussed in culture, in our relationships or even normal conversation. So why, I guess, why do you think that is why we don't talk about sages very often? Oh, well... I mean, so, okay, when you think of a sage, you just said wisdom. And I think when we think about wisdom, we think about old guys. And on one level, it is true that to grow in wisdom, you need to have some level of maturity that comes through life experience and and kind of the, the process of just living life. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, like, we've, I think we've all met those people that are just old souls. They're the kind of people that you're like, what? I, I mean, I have a friend and, and he's... 15 years old and he, he's got this old soul so i would say like you know i wouldn't necessarily call you a sage at this point because you're 15 but there, there's something in you that is sage like so for me a sage uh, you know talking about it is really important because and in in the book the, mm. the sage book that i just put out in in september it's i talk about these different stages of a man's life and really kind of uh, there's the kind of accepted or understood stages of a man's life are boy, man, and old man. Right. And like the man space is like 40, 50 years long from the time you, you turn, you know, 18 all the way until you're 
70, 75, 80 years old when you're in the old man space. It's like this really long period of time. And, and I think actually that man space between 18 and 80 is, is there's, there's lots of other pieces of that. There's lots of other right. stages to that. Right. And I think it's helpful for us to kind of get our bearings as men to know like, where am I in this journey? And the, the hmm. place that I'm in is good and right. And there may be something next. Hmm. And I think what we think about is as men is like, okay, the warrior stage, you know, of a life where you're like building businesses and, and building a family and mm-hmm. building a ministry, doing that, you know, building a church, whatever it is you're doing whatever hill you're conquering, that's like the warrior stage. And then, hmm. and then there's the king stage, which we talk about a lot. And often a lot of us think, okay, once I have my kingdom, once I've built my kingdom, that's when I finally arrive at the pinnacle of what it means to be a man. Hmm. And I would actually contend that there's another stage in there that is the sage. And that hmm. comes after the king, after you've built your you know, business, family career after you've kind of landed into that space of like this is i'm gonna gonna rule from my throne you know of life kind of idea there's this next level of and now i'm going to step off the throne let someone else take that place and come Mm -hmm. alongside as a guide Mm -hmm. come alongside as uh, as i talk about in the book the hero behind the hero Hmm. that behind every good king is uh, is a sage Behind every every hero is a guide right. who helps the hero in his journey. And I actually think biblically and then also just generally sociologically, anthropologically, like hmm. we need sages in our lives. Hmm. Uh, and that is the pinnacle of manhood is hmm. coming to the sage. So hmm. that, yeah. that's why I think it's so important to talk no, about. No, that's good. No, that's good. I, I immediately thinking of a few things, right? We, um, I think, have a lot of relationships and would love to get in these a little bit later of just the peer to peer. Right. And so these are the spiritual friendships almost of the men in our life and, you know, others in our life who are just kind of doing life alongside. Then we have, and some, maybe some of us have these, maybe some of us don't. And then we have the, some folks who are, you know, who are, whether if we're fathers or kids, um, but even just in, just generally we have kind of people who are trying to show kind of guide in the way, you know, whether it's, yeah. Yeah. And then we have, but then oftentimes we don't have, you're right, this guide or this person who is experienced, who's, who's more mature and uh, is giving us that, that spiritual direction in that direction. Um, cause I think so often, right. When you said that, I think I thought of boys to men and I was like, where have I heard that term before? Like, you know, it just goes right from boy to a man. And that's like, the, the, that's it. That's it. And I just Googled it and it was like, boys to men is a vocal group. And so it's before my time, I guess, but <laughs> That's a there's a Philadelphia um, American Vocal Harmony Group, so that's what that's where I heard it from. But I also think it's just a, a term that we've that we do say of all right. Once you're you know you're a boy, now it's time. Now you're a man, right? Time to um, grow up. Be a man. Time to right. grow up. Time to grow up. Yeah. yeah. And so well, go ahead. Yeah. And the sage also is the idea of the sage. I think we can assume that we're looking for advice from an older person. And, and I would actually say that that's not what we want from a sage. We don't want uh, his advice, maybe sometimes, but rarely do we actually want his advice. We want far more his presence. Hmm. And that, I think, is what's severely lacking in our culture and here you know, in, in the world today is that we just don't have men who have been through 
the battles of life and are still present Mm -hmm. to be Mm -hmm. there on behalf of and with other younger men. Uh, And and that, I think, is what you can YouTube advice. You can hire an expert to to give you advice and something that you need. But you, but you need the presence of another man hmm. often, and, and we just don't have those guys around. And hmm. so my hope is to raise and inspire a generation of sages hmm. so hmm. that we can uh, have their presence. And, hmm. and biblically, it kind of comes back to, like, these are the pylons of society. These are the guys that sit at the city gates and help render, you know, uh, wisdom and judgment and clarity and, sure. and, you know, discernment and all those kinds of things. Um, so... I think it's super important for us. Yeah. Well, why do you think that's so? Because I'm, I'm thinking, is it that there isn't sages? There aren't, there aren't kind of these, um, these wiser men, or that they, they are, they exist, but there isn't that relationship aspect, and that relationship hasn't been cultivated with, um, yeah, that kind yeah. of guide to mentee almost relationship type of dynamic. Yeah. I, I mean, I think they exist. I think what also we've done is we have kind of cordoned them off into, well, you're, you're retired now. So now you can now, instead of asking them to participate in society even more, we're asking them to participate in society even less and we're sending them off into Hmm. retirement and, you know, I have nothing against cruises and golf. I think that's beautiful and wonderful. and you've worked a, a lifetime to kind of have the space and, and resources to be able to do that. And yeah. don't leave. Now is when we actually need you the most. Yeah. No, I, you're right. I think it's that mentality of once you, you're, you're, you've kind of aged out. You've aged out of the, <laughs> the, the, the relevance or the you're no longer working. And so the expectation, right, isn't of you to have the a level of engagement but to, yeah. uh, to just pursue leisure almost. And that, <laughs> I think it's a, it's a slightly misconstrued vision of, I think, of these, it, these relationships, yeah. It is, and actually retirement is only, uh, the concept is only about 100, 150 years old. Right, And right. so it's, it's a relatively new concept in the realm of humanity, and I think we've just kind of, you know, bought it hook, line, and sinker, and, right. and that's not actually where... Where God wants us to sure. be. Sure, sure. Well, you, the the title of your book says "A Man's Guide into His Second Passage," and so can you just discuss what what is the let's back to, let's go back to go forward. What is the first passage? Yeah. So, um, my first book is called "Man Maker Project," and it okay. is about an intentional rites of passage process for a father to lead his son from boy to man hmm. into manhood. Okay. And so uh, we don't have that either. We don't have uh, any kinds of like formalized rites of passage. And in some ways that's Hmm. good. I'm not into, you know, like vision quests and all that kinds of things, but we do need to have fathers engaged in, in their boys' lives in a way that like ushers them into, Hmm. into a sense of who they, who God designed them to be as a man. And so that is the first passage. Hmm. Uh, and the way that I language it is, you know, if the, the task of the first passage is for the father to find the man within the boy and call him forth, hmm. the task of the second passage is to find the boy within the man and bring him home. 
that all of us, however old we are, we still have within us these younger parts, these boys that hmm. that live inside of us still, that uh, that we need to reintegrate, we need to attend to, we need to come to understand more about who we were originally designed to be and really hmm. come home more to ourselves. And that is, in my mind, the biggest definition uh, beyond wisdom hmm. is uh, of a sage, is that a sage is a man who has come home to himself. Yeah, no, that's good. And that's the, this kind of goes on the, the theme of restoration, restoring yes. or bringing back. Yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah, so one of the things I noticed in some of the activities practically, right, that you do to kind of cultivate this, it was looking and you have these outdoor experiences and adventures. And I think men often crave this being out in the wild, uh, experiencing the elements, but in, in practice, it's not something that it takes, it requires discipline and it requires kind of a little, uh, that participation invitation almost. To, to, to get into that. So can you just kind of share a little bit about what maybe makes these so special or what are some moments, right, that help us to kind of come back home, as you, to use your language? Yeah. Well, so a couple things about those experiences. Um, in Restoration Project, we call those expeditions. And, and mm -hmm. the focus of many of them is around fatherhood. Hmm. Uh, and we have them kind of staged out based on the age of the kid. And and what you want to do as a man with your child, uh, whether it's a boy or a girl, we've got different ones for different, you know, different sure. stages of life and, and families. All of those are architected in order to create the possibility for more intentional face-to-face -face conversation hmm. and face-to-face -face blessing between the father and the child hmm. so that that boy comes into manhood, so that that girl comes into womanhood knowing that she has her father's face of delight and kindness mm. all right so all of the the work that we do in those expeditions mm. is to create that kind of space mm. um yeah we also have those expeditions for just men and some of those are uh hiking you know we've got a one in on the Appalachian Trail. Uh, we've got one uh, a float plane trip up in Canada. Like we're going out to do these kinds of things. Whatever the actual excuse is to get into those kinds of environments, sure. uh, it is it is really just that an excuse to go do something epic mm -hmm. and fun, and create the space for your heart to come alive. To create mm -hmm. the space for uh, for you to have mm -hmm. enough. Uh, silence and spaciousness to hear the voice of God mm -hmm. uh, in in the face and the voice of other men as well. Um, so literally in two days, uh, in two days, I'm heading out to go lead a sage experience trip in Ireland uh, with wow. uh, 14 guys. We're going to head over to Ireland. We're going to do some things using, you know, the, the epic excuse to go to freaking Ireland right. uh, as, right. as this awesome, awesome thing. But really, it's a, it's a pilgrimage of the heart hmm. far more than it's a pilgrimage of the body. And so, hmm. you know, all throughout the scriptures, hmm. Jesus uses the wilderness as the context to open up spaces in your life, uh, open up spaces in your heart. And so we do the same. And not every one of them is in a a wilderness experience it's just a different space than you typically live that's what that's what we can kind of find is important is to create a space for those those things so mm -hmm. that uh that is what you know some of those experiences right, right. are so that you can hear right. 
more of what's happening on the inside. Hmm. So to come more home to yourself, uh, to answer your original sure, question, sure. is is to have, again, enough internal space created by the external space, but enough internal space to recognize what are some of the stories, what are some of the places in your story where you've had to like split off a part of yourself where maybe it's your desire, maybe it's your delight, maybe it's some words that were spoken over you that says you're an idiot or you're stupid or you don't belong or, or whatever. And so there's something that has landed inside of you that you need to attend to. And so coming back home to yourself is recognizing, hey, what are some of the narratives that still um, uh, kind of, or, or statements or agreements that have been made inside of your life uh, that you need to kind of go back and recognize I'm still living out of that as mm. if those words were true when they're not actually true. Mm. The words spoken by that coach that says you'll never amount to anything. Like, how do I still live out of that today? Mm all these, you know, 20, 30, 40, 50 years later. And right. is it, is it true? Can it bring it back into under, underneath the light of, of truth and reality and kind of reincorporate that part back into myself? Say, no, I, I actually, yeah, there is purpose to who I am. There is reason to who I am. Uh, so right. I can unpack that more, but that's yeah. kind of the gist of, of some of the things that we do. No, you're right. Well, the power of spoken word and how that is, that how that shapes our identity or you know our view of ourself how we see ourselves in relationship to others and in our close relationships as well and also the identity formation that we experience through events in our life just through the journey of life and how that's yeah forming us and shaping us and um and you know either making us more like jesus or potentially not and we're not embracing kind of the the life that the heart of of christ and so um yeah i'm reminded of jesus going to the wilderness before starting his public ministry and so there is this i think this deep sense within us of god often meets us and communicates to us in these places of of wilderness of silence and so one of your the chapters is from loneliness to solitude and so this is something that I, I certainly try to incorporate with a lot of guys I talk to because this is not part of actually really anyone's daily daily life anymore. We so often are filling our voids or our time with our phone or activities to do um, that we are caught in the sense of busyness and don't really even allow space for God to to communicate and whisper into our life. Right, thinking about. You know, in, in, in Kings, when, you know, God, God speaks not through the, the, the fire, the wind, but through the still small voice. And so, um, yeah, what, what do you think? Can you unpack a little bit of this chapter? I would love to hear how you're this loneliness to solitude. And I never heard that kind of that, that journey from loneliness to solitude. So I would love just to hear a little bit about on your kind of understanding of that. Yeah, well, so when I wrote the book, I went to Ireland for a month to go write the book and I was alone. And the, the statement, every time I would tell somebody, you know, I'm preparing my team, I'm telling my neighbors, I'm talking to my friends, telling my parents, like, I'm, I'm going to be going to Ireland for a month. And everyone's response was like, who's going with you? I'm like, I'm not, no one. And then, then the next question was like, 
won't you be lonely? And hmm. the, the answer is, yeah, probably. Hmm. Probably. Hmm. And there is a journey, I think, that all of us can take from, from recognizing where are we lonely and where are we you know, actually going to embrace being friends with ourselves. Hmm. Uh, so in the hmm. garden, in the creation, before the fall, there was only one thing that God identified in all of creation that was not good. And he named that as being alone, being, you know, Adam, it is not good for you to be alone. Sure. And the, the, the crazy thing was, was that God did not, you know, come back and say, well, Adam, like, suck it up. You've got me. I'm the God of the universe. I should be your all in all. We will be the best of friends. No, he actually said, mm. no. and so, therefore, I will create community for you. I will create mm. other people. I will create humanity hmm. for you. And so it is not good to be alone. Uh, and so uh, that's <laughs> loneliness comes from a lack of community. Right. And I think a lot of us, especially men, there is an epidemic of loneliness happening. We, we just do not even know how to maintain and continue having the depth of relationships that we that we need. And so loneliness is an actual factor. There's countries that have whole like departments in government around the issue of loneliness in, in their countries. Uh, and so it's an issue and we need to attend to it. But loneliness comes from an issue of community solitude has far more to do with like a posture of your internal world hmm. loneliness has to do with something in your external world hmm. and so when i'm alone in this you know in ireland to write the book yes was i lonely uh-huh and at the same time could i be friends with myself to the degree that i didn't need to have that external community because I could be uh, in my own presence and hmm. with my own thoughts and with my own, uh, you know, just experience of God. And just back to what you were saying about how God speaks through the, the quiet, still small voice. Like if I am constantly listening to other people and other voices, then there's not the space for me to hear my own thoughts or the thoughts hmm. of God. Hmm. And so it's an important place to have to build into our lives hmm. solitude. Yeah. Uh, and it will kind of come through the door of potentially some loneliness first and recognizing that, but loneliness, solitude actually begins to be an answer to our loneliness. Hmm. I can be, I can be with myself well, and maybe every once in a while, see some people. Yeah. No, I think that's a, that's actually a really good distinction because you'd think that with the increase of solitude that would then correlate with the increase of loneliness. Um, and I think it's not always the case. And so I like that to be friends with yourself. Um, and I think it's, I think it, when you're able to come back and realize, wow, you know, with the absence of community, um, you've, if, when you can understand how valuable that is, then it allows you to healthily reintegrate and, and kind of get back into those relationships that are so meaningful, but also appreciate the solitude moments where, you know, you have these things. Um, but there's not a, you don't need to kind of be in, be with them all the time. Yeah. Yes. And that's part of, you know, another chapter is I talk about the a sage's settled contentment hmm. and there's something about like, you can be, you can have deeper relationships with other people, the more settled and at friends you are with yourself. 
And I don't know if you know those kinds of people that when you're around them, you kind of feel like you're beginning to be consumed by them. They need something from you. Uh, or maybe that's you. You need something from other people. What would it be like to be settled on the inside to the degree that you can be fully present and fully engaged with someone else without needing something from them right. uh, to settle something inside of you? Right. That's the, that's solitude. That's yeah. the work of what solitude does mm. in our lives. Yeah, that's good. That's good. So I, I mentioned this earlier and I, I think it's always important to, to have these in life as these kind of the, these masculine spiritual friendships or these peer to peer relationships. And so, um, just how do we develop these? Would love to hear. I think this is certainly, you know, people are, a lot of guys are considering how, oh, you know, it's important for me to, to have good relationships with other guys to just on that kind of peer to peer level. So want just want to hear yeah. your take on that. The, so so I, I already mentioned the whole idea of rites of passage. And right. um, one, one of the things I talk about is that, you know, boys are born, but men are made by other men. Right. Okay. And then men are kept men by other men. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is that when we have those kinds of peer-to-peer relationships and we have a brotherhood of men that we are journeying through life with, we're actually like leaning further into who God made us to be as men. And, and uh, we're kind of the guardrails are kept around us, not to prevent us from falling into sin. Maybe that is part of it, but far more to cast a vision for who we were designed to be. And so we move more towards the vision uh, of, of God's design. So how do we yeah. do that? Um, also in Restoration Project, we have uh, a whole kind of area of work called brotherhood. Hmm. And this is uh, something that we find extremely right. valuable because uh, of, of what I just said, you know, because sure. we need these masculine relationships. And often we don't know how to do that anymore. Mm-hmm. The art mm-hmm. of masculine friendships and relationships is, mm-hmm. is really kind of lost. And uh, so the brotherhood uh Brotherhood weekends, brotherhood experiences, and then also mm-hmm. the brotherhood resources that we have a, a book mm-hmm. uh, and a, kind of a group guide is, uh, we call it a primer because we want it to prime the pump for a, a small group of guys to kind of get the material and walk through it. And it's not going to be, the text is not going to solve your problem, but it's going to help open the door for you to solve the problems with these other guys. Of like, how do we actually share our stories and get into places where we're not just like repeating either you know hey how was your week or did you fall into sin this week like that's not what that's not what brotherhood is supposed to be it is supposed to be as i said this call to something deeper of sharing our stories and and understanding our lives and being vulnerable with one another and and kind of calling on one another to be present in those special moments of our lives Hmm. that's what we actually need and that's in the brotherhood space and and in the back of the sage book is the first chapter of the the brotherhood material mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um and uh and then also for all of the books that i'm mentioning you know i should also say if you're interested in, in grabbing a first chapter of any of these uh books you can head to restorationproject.net slash first chapter and you can download and just kind of mm-hmm. get your toe wet uh, and see uh, mm-hmm. what we're up to so mm-hmm. that is one of the things brotherhood is mm-hmm. definitely one of the most important things that we can pursue as men no, that's, that's really helpful. And I've been having some conversations and some of the themes that are recurring is this among some of the guys is, yeah, you know, 
it's the new year and oftentimes that brings about new year resolutions or goals or just kind of a general posture of maybe a new focus for this year. And one of the things I've been hearing is this sense that the relationships are, are just, a lot of our relationships are very surface level, right? Or we're only able to dis discuss certain things with certain people. And I think you'll always have a, a little bit of this, right? There's certain people who you can trust with certain components of life than others, but um, yeah, I think it's really valuable to have those relationships. Um, to know there's other people who are who are going with you, you know, who have been there or are going going with you in the, in these places as well. And so, yeah. definitely, I would encourage it um, for listeners to to visit RestorationProject.net, um, but also just to start building these relationships with guys in your life who who you know you'd like to get to know more as well. And and the thing there too is that I think we land in our conversations with other men around uh we talk about issues hmm. and maybe maybe it's good issues like we're processing the sermon from last week or we have a book that we're reading and we're doing something or you know we talk about political issues or things in the world or the news sure. or you know my kid is having this problem or my marriage is in this place like those are the kinds of issues that we talk about that's not actually, I think, where brotherhood is formed. Brotherhood hmm. is formed when we don't talk about issues, but we talk about stories. Hmm. We talk about the stories that we hold, the men that we've become because of the things that we have experienced. And we talk about the stories of our lives, and that is therefore how we, you know, the perspectives that we have, or the ideas, or the shaping, and back to the thing you said about words, like hmm. the words that we have heard have shaped how the men that we have become, well, let's tell the stories of what, where were those words shared so that new and other words can be shared in the context of this brother. Mm -hmm. it's, it's important for us to kind of take that next deeper level and stop talking just about issues. Right. No, that's actually really, that's really helpful because we all live into these stories of, of, you know, of our heroes, right. That we've, that we ascribe to, to be like, and, you know, whether it's a superhero or a particular p profession, right, that we profess. Um, but I don't know. I, I think oftentimes, right, we obviously look to Jesus first. And I don't know if our the, our first instinct of is to think of laying our life down, you know, for <laughs> for one another. And that's just a that's a great call of men to do so. Um, and may not be the first image we have of of kind of what a heroic act is, right? Yeah. Yeah. And just in that general and in, in kind of thinking about the stories that we are, that we're living into. Yeah. Yes. 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 That's good. Well, Chris, I just, there's, I mean, we could discuss for a long time and there's, you know, spent decades doing a lot of this work. So, um, would love to connect further, but just where I think you mentioned it, where folks can find you. Um, is there any sure. other, anything else you'd like to mention as well before we wrap up for today? Yeah. Well, uh, so head over to restorationproject.net slash first chapter if you guys like any of the you know first chapters of any of these books i've mentioned also uh restory counseling uh is mm. at restory.life uh, and so we we have a team that can work with people all across the country we're not just mm. localized okay. here in fort collins so if, there, mm. if you're curious about doing some more of this work of bringing the boy home of mm. some of the deeper work of story work uh there we've got a great team of people there as well so um, yeah, that, that's how you can get in contact with us. And I just appreciate what you're doing in talking about and, uh, about men with men for men, because, mm. uh, it's, it's vital. You guys, we, men really are important. Mm. Uh, and 
however much uh, you might not think you are, uh, you are important, your presence is important uh, in the world, in your community, uh, to your families, to your mm -hmm. friends. Uh, and I fully believe that inside of each one of us is a masterpiece that that we were designed specifically for this time in history uh, at this at this place. So uh, let that masterpiece be uh, something that you really you know seek out mm. and reveal to the world. Because um, the more you reveal your masterpiece, uh, the more you reveal your master. Mm. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. thanks good. so much for having me today. No, that's a good word to close and. Thank you as, as well for mentioning, mentioning the counseling, and I'm glad to hear that there's, yeah, you can connect throughout the country, so that's encouraging. So, well, Chris, thanks so much for joining today, and um, hope you have a great rest of your day. Thank you. Great to be with you.